Hey, it's Carmen Adams, and you're listening to Everyday Christ-like Podcast, where we focus on representing Christ each and every day. Be blessed as you listen. Before we get started, Father, we come to you as your teachable and humble students. Please release any barriers that stand in the way of us learning from you today. We ask you to soften our hearts so pride doesn't take the place of humility right now. Give us the ability to hear from you and the strength to walk in obedience to the instructions you place before us. We are so thankful for your unconditional love, Father. We pray that our life is pleasing in your sight. We surrender to you and your will, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, I can remember years ago that Burger King slogan, have it your way. You can customize your Burger King experience because you should be able to have your burger exactly the way you want it. Many other companies offer this concept that we should have life's amenities designed to our liking. I'm sure billions were made from this idea of catering to the consumers. Now let's think about this. Was this a fresh way to market products or was this stating the truth of how us humans really believe the world should treat us? Well, if you take a few steps back and view our human behavior from the moment we were born, we are very tiny but very demanding little people. I mean, babies aren't exactly polite in the way they express their wants and needs. I can say from personal experiences, if the bottle isn't made precisely when my baby's tummy wants it, she's going to be furious. And believe me, everyone who's around her is going to know about it. Don't even get me started on teenagers. I'm not there yet with my kids, but I can only remember how selfish I was at times in my view, thinking that the world owed me something. I pray for God's mercy and wisdom when it comes to my time in parenting our kids in their teenage years. Now I ask you, can us adults relate? The my way thinking is really self-entitlement. Let's look at what Google's definition says. When an individual perceives themselves as deserving of unearned privileges, these are the people who believe life owes them something, a reward, a measure of success, a particular standard of living, etc. So far, we're looking through the scope of self-entitlement from a worldview. Let's expand our looking glass and see where the root is found in God's word. In the Bible, we all know the story of Adam and Eve, right? In Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17, the Bible says, You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For on that day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Was this the rise of selfishness we see here in Genesis? Did Adam and Eve birth self-entitlement by believing they deserved to be like God and to have access to what was for God and God only? Let's be real. Do we see a form of this in our current thinking? I would say very much so. But as a follower of Christ, I'm not supposed to be self-entitled, right? Because Christianity is the exact opposite. We call ourselves servants. So there's no way I can be self-entitled. But sadly, the reality is I'm just that in more ways than one. Before accepting Christ, I had no reason not to believe that I couldn't receive or acquire whatever my heart craved in this world from business status, relationships, possessions, and the list goes on and on. At that time in my life, I felt like that Burger King slogan was meant for this lady right here. Now, upon coming into Christ, I learned that following Jesus is dying to ourselves and taking up our own cross. And 
my early and naive stages of my spiritual walk, I expected this to be so much easier. To be transparent, I believe many of us Christians still struggle with this have it my way kind of attitude. So how does this even begin in us? It can actually start off with very minor things from expectations of always having your to-do list checked off. For busy moms like myself, I know firsthand the sense of achievement and satisfaction that comes with the knowing I've completed all my tasks for that day. But on the flip side, hmm... I really don't like it when I don't get everything done. It drives me crazy. And I spend the entire day scrambling trying to play catch up and pretty much force the impossible. Another overlooked example can be telling yourself that you deserve that expensive gift because you've been working hard and all the bills are paid. So it's time to splurge on yourself, right? Okay, what about when people around us don't conduct their lives in accordance to what we believe is best? Especially for unsaved family members or friends, it can bring us a great deal of heartache when you witness how much they need Jesus, but they refuse to submit. And you keep asking yourself, why don't they just surrender and get their life on track? I mean, that makes perfect sense. In our observation, yes, it does. But guys, we have to keep in mind for those situations when it comes to people's salvation that we as humans are never fully aware of God's plan for them. His timing is perfect, not ours. Real quick, that doesn't mean we don't do our part in being good illustrations of God's work. I'm just saying we don't have the right to be impatient, okay? And so far we looked at a few forms of the habit my way behavior. And when it boils down, it is an insult to God's outline for how this world is supposed to operate. Let's get a little deeper. Can being an overprotective parent attempt to place yourself in God's position as head protector over people? We have to be careful because this too can walk us right into self-entitlement. By shielding your kids from the world in fear of them becoming injured or even worse, losing them, can be idolizing your own discomfort to the point you don't allow yourself to trust God with your kids. You become superior in your own perception by believing you hold the key to their overall being. It's a hard topic to accept as a parent. I admit, I have a hard time accepting God's authority over my kids during high-stress situations. I don't always acknowledge firsthand that they belong to God before me. I will say, all we can do is our best to provide a safe environment for them, but ultimately, their lives are in the hands of our Creator. Just because we gave birth to them does not mean that we own them or even have the right to attempt to control life circumstances in order to avoid suffering for them and us. Self-entitlement thinking is that life should always conform to what is pleasing and comfortable to us. In the book of Job, he says in chapter 1, verse 21, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taketh away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Ladies and gentlemen, we are to accept God's will and not demand our own, even when life seems unbearable. God is still good. This my way of thinking 
can leak into so many areas of our lives and end up ruining relationships, especially close ones. Expecting perfection from your spouse can open up doors for resentment and bitterness to take form in our hearts. This can offend your spouse's character over time and leave them feeling restless as a result of constantly being chopped down from not living up to our own blueprints. Even our young ones can undergo affliction from feeling like they never measure up in our sight. I sometimes forget that my kids are just kids. They don't know everything yet, and by nature, they make mistakes as they're learning. I, too, can be harsh in my preferences for wanting them to do everything correctly or as I would do it. With a world constantly picking at the imperfections and placing false, unrealistic ideas of what and who our kids must look like in order to be of value, this can be so damaging to their identity and confidence over time. The last thing I want is for my kids to feel like they are never good enough to be loved and accepted. The Bible is clear about how to view one another, and that is through God's definition of love, not conditional love that says, if you're one way, I will accept you, but first Corinthians kind of love. And that is the way Jesus loves us. Even through our impurities, he still accepts each and every one of us as we are. So aren't we going against his word when we are dissatisfied, when those around us don't move in a way that we want them to? Scripture warns us in Luke 17:33, whoever seeks his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. Jesus targets the basis of self-entitlement as he declares in Matthew, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. He's very specific in whose way to follow, right? And the grim reality is we are not owed anything in this universe but the punishment for our sins, which is death. The consequences of not obeying God's instruction and allowing thyself to sit on the throne of our own heart will keep us from being in communion with the Father here on earth and in heaven. The good news is that there's hope in Jesus. Once being able to recognize this condition, we turn our attention to the Father and repent for focusing on our own appetite. We are then able to take away the power the enemy has over us and reposition ourselves at the feet of Jesus. By inviting the Holy Spirit in, we then allow the process of renewing of our minds to begin. Now transformation takes part within us. By the strength and the power of God, he grants us the ability to tear down that faulty foundation we built in our thinking habits and helps us rebuild the proper base, with him as a center and not us. That's the foundation that lasts beyond imagination. My friends, it's not easy to retrain our brains after years upon years of living like this, but if we commit to the process, God's grace will meet us when we need to recalibrate and get back on track. Remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Paul speaks in the Bible of how we are to approach life in all matters. He says in Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Being grateful in all circumstances, the good and the bad, will help us develop a stronger faith in God and be able to surrender to His authority in all things. Life doesn't have to be entirely the way that we want it in order to have peace. Jesus is our peace. 
Father, we thank you for this privilege to speak life into your people. I pray that all of our walks be strengthened at this time, Lord. I also take this opportunity to invite those who have not received Christ to do so. Father, your word reveals to us that we are all sinners and have all fallen short of your glory and that the punishment for our sin is eternal death, but the gift of God is eternal life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that you revealed to us your love, that yet when we were still sinners, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. God calls us to repent and be baptized, every one of us, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, and we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more about overcoming the spirit of entitlement, not just from what I say, but what God's word says about it, I want you to come visit our website at everydaychristlike.com and download the free study guide. I just know it's going to be a blessing to you. We truly want to help you know the word of God, apply the word, and point to Christ each and every day. 